Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Welcome to episode 133. Right off the bat, let's talk about something. Somebody asked me recently, why do you always say staring at the Ouija board? And the truth, the honest to God truth of it is, is when I first started the Bobcast, it was the first thing I saw on my desk. Somebody bought me a Ouija board. It was actually my brother, and the Ouija board was resting right there, and I just said it, and I've said it now for 133 times. With that being said, um, first off, let me welcome uh, my guest back. This is, I believe, the third appearance or the second appearance? Third appearance. We're going to call it a trifecta here. My good friend, the first band I was ever in, Delta 9. Give it up for the lead singer, Mr. Kevin Quinn. ADT, extraordinaire, poker player, high stakes, just all-around nice guy. Welcome back, Kev. How are you? hey With that being said about the Ouija board, my first mm-hmm. question for you is... Sammy Brand Muffins. <laughs> <laughs> Do you... Believe in the afterlife? Do you believe in supernatural things? I do. I do believe in the afterlife. I do. I, I, uh, my wife and I actually just got back from a trip. We took to uh, Florida and we went to St. Augustine. Uh, beautiful town, steeped in history. Uh, a lot of it. He's all right. By the way, Tyler's here again. Okay, there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> if you're going to be turned off by this podca- Bobcast podcast or whatever because there's a child in the background, then guess what? We don't need you as a fan no more. But just. <laughs> Just take it in. Just realize that he's a young man and he's just trying to be creative inside of his playpen right now while Kevin and I get creative here. <laughs> St. Augustine, the oldest city in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. It was steeped in history. Not the world. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> in the world. No, uh, uh, definitely in the U.S. for sure, uh, which I always was under the impression that Philadelphia had the longest uh, uh, inhabited residential street. However, St. Augustine actually has that claim to fame. It um, is, right? So, yeah. Because uh, that's where like the they came, right? They were there. Yeah, the Spaniards. First. Mm-hmm. The Spaniards first came there um, <clears throat> back in the 1500s. Am I, am I, do I got my and, facts messed up? But isn't Ponce de Leon, the Fountain of Youth, supposedly there? I could not tell you that. I don't okay. know. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of information once, once that I, that uh, um, I digested on that trip. Uh, but one of them was heavily involved in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, uh, stories of. Um, Paranormal activity in that area, so uh, I do a lot. Did of you exper- have you ever experienced any like type of paranormal activity in your life where you don't know what you saw or what you heard or anything like that? Well, so we got uh, we went on tours and we had these uh, you know the what is it EMF um, yeah readers and electromagnet field magnetic field yes yeah. yes mm-hmm. so it, so we were taken on specific locations where they've had in the past had some uh readings on that we mm-hmm. went into the uh the saint augustine light tower of uh, the lighthouse um and we did a tour in that at night um definitely had some moments where you felt that hair on the back of your neck stand up mm-hmm. kind of feeling yeah um i didn't see anything but definitely felt that there was a presence there beyond this realm of earth so yeah yeah, i mean i do i do believe that there is another plane of existence beyond Mm -hmm. the one that we currently live in now um you know uh for me i don't i don't know what that is or what it entails it just you know helps me to believe that uh you know people that i did love that were here that are no longer here Mm -hmm. are still living on still have some type of connection to us and we just can't communicate with them Mm -hmm. like we do like we are right now which would be awesome if we could. Hence yeah. the Ouija board. Hence, Correct. Hence why uh, my brother gave it to me. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. we used it when we were younger. Then this movie started coming out about it, and I kind of got kind of got weird about it. I'm like, man, this is like the top of my show. I'm talking about the Ouija board. Like, it's like a gateway to evil. But um, 
It doesn't have to be a gateway to evil. Um, I myself, I am like Fox Mulder. I want to believe. Mm -hmm. I've never had actual concrete, 100%, you know, facts, proof, you know I mean, that exists. I've had some strange shit go down, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I'm always looking for it. I'm always fascinated by it. And um, I remember, like, I guess the first time ever experiencing it was in Drew Reed's house. I was just going to say him, On Germantown Pike, which is, um, you know, has ties to the Underground Railroad, the Mm -hmm. abolitionists and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I remember being really creeped out, but I don't know if it was an element of being creeped out because we were all talking about it. Mm Mm-hmm. But now that I do recall, I do remember seeing in his attic, seeing a pint glass empty on the counter just shatter by itself. Mm. Like it was just there. Mm-hmm. And that was probably the the most thing. But I mean, there could have been so many different factors, but that was one of the creepiest things. And one time we scared ourselves shitless that we slept <laughs> outside um, in tents because we didn't oh, sleep yeah. in the house. Yeah, we're <laughs> so scared. But I mean... Well, remember, we used to think that the, that there was a spirit that lived in his attic, and yeah. then he moved his room into, into the, the attic. I'm yeah. like, what are you yeah. thinking? Like, w- yeah. for years, we believed that there was this old lady that lived up there, and now you're going to sleep up there all the time. And he thought it was the... He's like, well, I don't care. I'm going to have my iguana run through my tapestries and my yeah. ceiling. And scare the shit out of it. You forget right. it. The iguana yeah. would be up there, and all of a sudden, just take off. And you're right. like, what the hell's going on? Right. Um... I remember his dad saying to me one time, like, this is like we're 14, 15 years old. He's like, Mm -hmm. I was in the back room where the turtles are, and I'm sitting there, and I just see the illumination, the shadow of somebody wearing, like, old-fashioned, like, sandals. And, like, I remember that in my mind being like, oh, Mm -hmm. man. But, I mean, that was my first experience. Um, I went to Penhurst Asylum last uh, October, and I went... On the ghost hunt tour, mm-hmm. which was a complete waste of money, by the way. Don't oh, do it, really? ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening uh. to this. Look, go into the main attraction, but the ghost hunt tour, I think it cost like 20 bucks uh-huh. and it was gated off. I mean, yeah. there's people like taking selfies, and like, if there's going to be any spirits there, they're not going to come out <laughs> right. during a selfie opportunity. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. like, I thought that it was a little bit different type of environment. Um, I actually know somebody that's been on the, the Bobcast. Uh, his name's Yanif, and he's actually running for mayor of Country Hawken. If you live in Country Hawken, you want to make a change in your life, and you want to get free scoops ice cream every Sunday, vote <laughs> for Yanif. Um, he told me that he was uh, filming a documentary on the supernatural, and he got so deep into it that he had to <coughs> essentially stop because it started getting into the demons and stuff like that, demonology. And he got so scared that now he won't even, he won't even talk about it. You know what I mean? But like... Uh, yeah, Ouija board, you know, in a nutshell, I mean, it was there on the table, and I've said it 133 times, <laughs> and I'm probably going to say it 133 more times. Thank you for listening. But, um, so how you been? Haven't seen you in a while. Good. Yeah, yeah life is good, man. Uh-huh. Living the dream. You know, can't complain. Um, <clears throat> just ready for this uh, season to change, and hopefully not get too bogged down with allergies. It oh. hit me pretty hard. Did you have lately. a Tuesday? Yeah, it's been killing Don't me, like, like sneezing, coughing, yep. everything. It's it's spring is here, and I know. allergy season is with it. Tuesday was, like, my worst day, because I, like, I, I just, we went to the Northtown Farm Park for a walk, and I just, I must have absorbed all the pollen, all the tree uh-huh. pollen, and I just felt terrible. My mm-hmm. eyes were burning, my head hurt. That night, I uh, slept with his humidifier. He's got a pretty sweet-ass Vicks humidifier. And if you got allergies out there, like Kevin and I, I highly suggest... Sleeping with humidifier because it almost like cleanses your sinuses out overnight, and then you wake up and you feel great. But God, can't we figure a way? I mean, forget about you know what's going on in uh, Syria and Afghanistan. Can't we just get rid of the tree pollen? No, that's not <laughs> right to say. But um, yeah, in the last like week since the last podcast, uh, yeah, we we um, we have gone 
into two different countries, and we, I mean, we just dropped the mother of all bombs. How did you feel when you heard that news the other day? Uh, I, I just kind of devastated and, and uh, uncertain about what the future of our world and humanity is going to look like in you know twenty years from now. You know, driving over him, thinking like, wow, I've been I've known Bob for. God, over 25 years, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I just can't imagine, uh, you know, what it's going to be like for, for Tyler growing up and, and know, what right? type of uh, world there's going to be. And, you know, but I guess uh, generationally, I think probably everybody at our age now probably goes through that same thing. Not not like a midlife crisis thing, not even a crisis, but just like a reflection of where you've been, where we are, where we're going, and what the future is going to look like in you know, still within our lifetime, but, you know, let's face it, like in 20 years, we're going to be older men. So, um, you know, what's there going to be left for, for the kids that are, are, that are born today, that are going to be growing up now, uh, what's going to be left for them to, to do? I don't know. Hopefully it's just nuts. Tyler. Hey buddy. What do you think about yesterday's events? The mother of all bombs being dropped. He went right back to Sesame Street, folks. That's what he basically said to our president. I hashtag not my life. I'm watching Sesame Street. Look, it sucks. Um, When I first Elmo, I know. Um, When I first heard the news, I was uh, I was I I got the wrong information. I got a text that said Trump dropped a bomb on Afghanistan, not Trump dropped a bomb on a Muslim tunnel. So I'm immediately thinking like. Oh my God, we've just, you know, like think about all like the innocent people. Mm-hmm. But my question is like, okay, so we got this, I don't know, 22,000 ton bomb that we dropped on the mountain range, right? Can, you know, the tunnels are buried deep below. Did they, you know, I, I just, I, they, and then they also said like the administration, it was set into motion during the Obama administration, so much back and forth. And, um, I don't know. I, as a teacher, I've never been able to comment on things. Social media, I've kind of mm-hmm. stayed away from it. I've stayed neutral. But the one thing that really pissed me off the other day is when sec- or, um, Press Secretary Sean Spicer compared um, Syria to the Holocaust and, like, Adolf Hitler. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you stupid ass. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, how much restraint goes into that job? Like, did they even, you know, like, if you're going to be the, the Press Secretary for the highest office... Don't you think that they would, like, put you know, in, in a room, engage you? You know what I mean? Like, they do this for, like, you know, a simple customer service job. You know right. what I mean? Asking you questions. Right. Like, dude, you shouldn't have said that. Right. And the fact that he still has a job and then, you know, magically, like, we've forgotten about it because now, you know, the next day we drop the mother of all bombs. I'm just like, oh, man, dude. Like, it's depressing. Yeah. You know? Well, I think a lot of people forgot about the Spicer thing because immediately after that was the United passenger getting drug off the plane. Yeah. So it's like whatever the next top story that's going yeah, to grab that, people's man? attention that is going to... terrible to see. It's so know. bad. I hate I that. I'm not laughing because of yeah. the situation. I'm just... It's just that's how... That's where we are now yeah. as a society is that we're... We, we, we're dragging doctors off of planes, uh-huh. breaking their teeth yeah. because uh, employees want to... They have to catch a ride? Like, don't they have... Don't they got that Air Force One, like, undercarriage type thing or something? They could put him in with the chickens or something? You know, like, why do they got to pull this doctor? If that happened to me, I would flip out, man. Yeah. Like, you were invading me as a person? Like... Yeah. Oh, it just goes to show you how, how short uh, our attention spans are, uh, you know, or that the media believes our attention span is, mm-hmm. is, very, is very short, that... 
you know, whatever the next hot topic story is, that's what we're going to jump to. That's what we're going to focus all the energy on. And yeah. we're going to forget about what yesterday's news was because – when did that happen? When did that like? That was just this week. Yeah, but I'm saying like, when did I, I we know. like shift into this culture of like oh, oh. daily, <laughs> daily consumption of like the top news story and then being like, all right, on to the next. Like, I think I think it, it probably was within the past 10, 15 years with like the boom of social media and social how media. we're able to, you know, I mean everything is on mm-hmm. film today. Like everything you do, like there's a. You know, video of the Copy, guy being yeah. drug off the I saw uh, off the plane. Yeah. There's a video of the right the police officer, uh, yeah, guy, the like, guy who was, was jaywalking. Right, I think everything that we do, there's someone that has it's in your pocket. It's right next, sitting next to us on the table. It's a phone, it's but dangerous. it has a camera in it with a video recording device. So it's like everything is accessible right here and now. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, remember when we were kids, it was like, yo, I have a friend of a friend who knows a guy who yeah. like. Heard about Richard Gear and gerbils and something. You're like, what? Oh, and yeah, like, it's yeah, not yeah. really verifiable. <laughs> like, you hear about that. You hear a story, but you're not really sure. But wait, what was the that? urban legend that he would stick gerbils up his ass? <laughs> yeah. Wait, why would Richard Gear stick gerbils up his ass? I don't know. I don't know. I Maybe because of the fur, because it was soft. I don't know. Uh, God, I hate being so nostalgic, but God, do I miss? <laughs> I miss but, the '90s, man. But my point was that you know there was a time where nothing was really verifiable. You know, yep. you had to like really hunt stuff down where now it's like at your fingertips there's information whether it's accurate or not you know like uh, fake news yeah. right I saw a thing uh, today it was like if you're going to Facebook to find out what your news is then you're going looking in the wrong place you know mm-hmm. like but I think people are just like ah this is what I read this is this is fact this is what it is and they run yeah. for that it's scary right I yeah. mean God, I just don't know how to make a difference anymore when it comes to, like, my world and my, my country, you know? Like, I want things to be good. I mean, did we do the right thing? Because ISIS, you know, obviously they're killing innocent people all over the world. I mean, we got attacks in all sorts of different countries. But, like, damn it, man. Where's the aliens? Where's Jesus? We need somebody to come and unite us, like, Independence right. Day, for God's sake. You know what I mean? Well, you do the difference, Help right? Us. You do the difference right here. You raise this kid. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Tyler that's, that's your difference right there. That's Hold on, buddy. Do. I know that. He almost fell. Um. Yeah, it's just it's so depressing. I mean, we watch the world news every night at six thirty, and um, God, it's just like I was saying to my wife the other day. There's never anything positive to the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. They'll show you something really cool and like you know uplifting. You're like, oh, this is great. Yeah. But like the first five ten minutes is just like we're blowing this up. Mm-hmm. Sean Spicer just said that Adolf Hitler didn't use the gas on his own. People like, oh my God, dude. So I mean, well, it's I mean. Difficult. The, 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 the stream of information from the new, from news on television has always been that formula where they're going to show you all the horrific yeah. things and then at the very end they're going to do a yeah. feel good story yeah. so you will tune in again tomorrow. Yeah, right. They Give want you to minutes. feel uplifted at the very end. They want you to feel like, hey, look at every single um, you know movie or show. You know, at the end, what prevails? Good prevails at the end. No matter what horrible things happen throughout yeah. that span of that show or that movie good triumphs evil and that's always the the message even with the same thing with the news like at the very end i have to i have to there's one movie that comes to mind which one uh, i was gonna say um drag me to hell that's one i was gonna say this <laughs> one seven. Oh yeah that too uh god i've said this before in the podcast i could do a whole episode on seven just because i love that movie mm-hmm. uh drag me to hell is sam raimi right in between yeah, spider-man yeah films. that mm-hmm. was crazy yeah like jump scare like yes. uh it, some gore right like yeah, it led you to dead. It led you to believe yes. that everything that that good was going to triumph, and then at the very end, she gets caught on the tracks. She right? Gets caught dead, Spoilers yeah. out there. <laughs> Speaking it's been of out for a long time, but Seven is amazing. Seven's one of my oh. one of at least one in my top ten movies. Such a good movie, and the yeah. fact that like the original 
ending, um, the studio was like, "You can't, you can't do this." Yeah. And Fincher, mm-hmm. who he stood by it, and he was like, "No, we're gonna. This is the way we want to do it." He he did film. Supposedly, there is film out there, but it's never been released <clears throat> per se. Where Morgan Freeman is the one that shoots John Doe. Okay. But um, I love that ending because it's mm-hmm. just so like you know you never see that coming yeah. and like it's very hard to see a film today where you can't like I mean I just saw um, Kong Skull Island and I wish I got those the two hours back because that's two hundred <laughs> that's two hundred million dollars up on the screen King Kong looks awesome uh-huh. but I don't understand why we have fifteen characters in that film like I, there, there's yeah. no there's no arc there's no nothing yeah. um, speaking of uh, pop culture uh, the last. Uh, I think two episodes ago, my brother was home, and we, we chatted about The Walking Dead. Uh, you and I are both Walking Dead fans. In fact, you just brought me straight out of Easy Town shirt, which I appreciate very much. <laughs> I may be wearing that to bed this evening. Awesome. Okay, thank you. Awesome. Um, now that the season's over, mm-hmm. and we got a chance to see, you know, spoilers out there if you didn't see The Walking Dead on Netflix. Fast forward, I don't know when, till, but I mean, maybe I'll give you an update. But um, how did you feel? All out work. I thought it was amazing. Uh, I really liked the way that uh, <clears throat> the season kind of wrapped up. Um, for me, look, I, I'm a fan through and through. I've been with the show since the very beginning, first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you read the books as well, right? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, Are you I'm caught not, up? No, I'm not. That's my goal okay. for this summer is to catch up through mm-hmm. the third compilation and kind of uh, surpass where the, the mm-hmm. show is. Um, so I'll have some spoilers of my own. But... You know, we've talked about it before. Sometimes they stick to the comic, uh, and sometimes they just use it as a reference point. They kind of, you mm-hmm. know, have some liberties with changing things up. But yep. I, uh, talking with a lot of, there's a lot of people that uh, I, you know, engage with that watch the show also, and a lot of people were kind of disappointed this season. Thought mm-hmm. it was really slow, and um, it did kind of remind me a bit of um, season uh, four after the governor attacked the prison and everybody was split. Uh, yes, and then yeah, for, you know what. That's splitting. Yeah. Um, the splitting, I, I just don't know why they do that. Yeah, I mean, they, so, I, I don't know, I've definitely seen a change uh, for sure. So, uh, you know, my my ultimate is, you know, season one, Frank Darabont, he brought the characters from the comic to yeah. the screen. Uh, his storytelling was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, then Glenn Mazzara got involved, and Glenn was okay, but yeah. I think season two, even though I, I enjoyed season two, it was so much time on the farm. A um, lot. And, and it could have been, you know, production issues. It was their second season of the show. Where well, they lost the showrunner because Darabont bounced Correct. Like, right in the middle of that. Correct, yeah. yeah. Right, so it could have been it could have been a combination of things, but then I think when Scott Gimple came on, Gimple th- with the suit jacket, sorry, Scott mm, Gimple, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think um, uh, I think he's really um, he's doing what he says, if that makes sense. Yeah. So basically, mm-hmm. he you know he 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 said last season at the end that uh, last day on Earth, the uh, last season's finale was that he really wanted to take us, the viewer, into the eyes of one of the characters, and that's why you saw the the, the POV shot, of, right? Exactly, yeah. in of somebody in the van um, with the with the sack over their head. Yeah. But getting back to this season, you know, um, I think the same thing. It was split up a lot with the, our our characters being all over the place and mm-hmm. individual storylines again, where we had Tarika meet the Oceanside. And yeah. Carol and Morgan go into um, uh, the kingdom, and and Maggie get, kind of getting entrenched more in the hilltop, and then you got Rick at Alexandria, Eugene's at the sanctuary. Like every yeah, all the people it. that it we really know, it's all over the place Spread. now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't that way a season ago, <clears throat> right? 
Right. Yeah. So I think we're we're split again. There's there's a lot of storylines. Um, you know, sometimes it's good to shake stuff up, but it's also like you kind of need you don't want to lose people either. You know, it's like they're, they've t- lost people this year. Right. Yeah. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. I think we. Well, I know. I've, I read the, the the ratings are down, but they're still the number one show, which is crazy. It's like they get 13 million, which is mm-hmm. way above anybody else, but it's down from like 18. Right. But, but but week to week, you're like, well, okay, who are we going to follow this week? I really I liked. The finale, because it kind of dipped into all the storylines. Why can't we do that each week, Gimple? Each week would make mm. so much more sense. I, I understand there's a large, there's there's an ultimate storyline that they follow, but in breaking off individually, yeah. like, unless you're doing an origin story, like last season we saw Morgan's origin story. My favorite episode. Maker, right? That was amazing. Huh. It's good to just devote one episode like that if you're doing an origin story. Central or a background, right. Background. One well, off, you know? Right. I, I don't. I think when you start doing that too much, you, you lose people. You lose, yeah, you lose interest. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, I remember a couple seasons ago too, where we had same same kind of thing. We had um, Tyrese and Carol were off with Mike after the prison yeah. was exploded, yeah. and with the girls, the whole episode is like this is super mm-hmm. slow, and all of a sudden, so, yeah. Micah kills you know her sister, and like I'm gonna wet watch her turn. It was like the last five minutes of it were like yeah. breathtaking. Um, I think if we yeah, stop that last five minutes, yeah, stuff. save that for the Jersey Shore <laughs> MTV. You know what I mean? Catfish does that pretty well, but like with The Walking Dead, you want it to be like that. All like like you said, the finale and the episode just before the mm-hmm. finale moved all around. We got yeah. a chance to see the characters. The reason I think they they can't do that is because the production costs are just way too high to film uh, multiple lo- multiple locations at once. But you don't need the multiple locations. Yeah. Just keep them. You know. Yeah. Keep them in the kingdom. You right. know. Like um, the the one episode that I can't wait to see, and I hope they do it next next year, the origin of Negan. Negan like yes. I need to see this. Like yeah. so, right now apparently there is a comic book that's out there called um, uh, it's like Image Comics Presents or something, and it's like it's a culmination of stuff. And in the last two pages each month they give you a brief oh, okay. backstory of Negan. So I I'm purposely I don't want to stay I want to stay away from it because I want to know yeah like all these cool things about him like why does he wear the band why does he yeah you know why is he called Lucille was Lucille his wife like right. how did he come into power he's super mm-hmm. tall and skinny but he don't have much muscle you know what I mean right. like there's so many things about him that I love and it's really weird that a season that is so juxtaposed against all sorts of criticism has one of the best characters one of the best on-screen villains since maybe the Joker for me I mean like I just love watching Negan I like I like the fact that I hate him and then I love him. And yeah. I think that's the perfect combination for, you know, an antagonist. Yeah, I mean, this season too was uh, toward the, the second half of it, um, um, season 7B, I guess we're going to call it, um, really gave us a little bit more of a background of some of the ideology that Negan has. Obviously, there are rules. No, right? Right. We've already mm-hmm. we've already seen that there are rules and there's a, there's like a barter system almost. Like mm-hmm. you work, you get things. Points. Right, you get, a, there's a point system um, or you become a, you know, walker on the fence. He yeah. rules by fear and I think that's a huge difference between uh, Alexandria and uh, Sanctuary is that uh, they both have strong leaders and Rick, you know, brings people in his family. <clears throat> it's never really said, but people just want to contribute to be a part of that community. Of right? Alexandria. Of Alexandria. Mm-hmm. People just seem to air do condition. that. Right. They got air conditioning. Right. <laughs> That's, That's why. But there's never been that, like, Rick has never, We've, or at least we've never seen Rick say, all right, listen, 
you guys want to be a part of this, you need to contribute. Mm-hmm. Like, but where Negan, you know exactly where he stands. You yeah. have these different. You're you're one of three people. You know, you're you're within his inner circle. You're one of his close henchmen. You're working for points just to survive, or you're on the fence as a walker, or one of his wives, or one of his wives. Okay, so mm-hmm. four. So, <clears throat> um, but he, you know, the, you know, he rules by fear. Rick rules by. You know, he's just who he is. There's still parts of him that are still there. But for this whole season, part B, you start to see a little bit more of where Negan is, you know, where we see like, yeah, there's no there's no rape. Um, and he, he uh, I can't remember the character's name that he killed off um, right in front of Sasha. But, uh, you know, he does that. Oh, yeah, the rapist. Yeah. That was know. shocking. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. That, that, that knife looked like it was straight out of Rambo 2. Mm-hmm. Biggest knife I've ever seen on screen, I think. <laughs> I thought it was CGI at first. Right. You know? I mean, he's definitely brought in, He, you know, people who people who seem to be fearless, it definitely draws him in. Other than Rick, we've seen him try to bring that person in and try to yeah. convert them, like with Daryl, with Carl. He's weird with like Sasha. That, right? Yeah. yeah he, I've like, never seen somebody do that either. Who mercy, Like he kills somebody in the most violent manner, but then you also see him try to pull these people into his wing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, which is crazy. Yeah, like with the, Sasha, the last yeah, giant the last, size lady of nuts, nuts. <laughs> like Jesus. Like the last episode, he kind of has that heart to heart with her, almost like, "Look, I need to show Rick still because he still doesn't get it that something, you know, I I need to prove to him that like, look, I mean business, and I'm yeah. gonna kill three people. At bottom line, I'm gonna kill three people. And she's like, only one, right? And she able is able to talk her way out of of you know, one, only one has to die, and yet we know now that it was the mm. one she meant was really her. Yeah. She sacrificed. She uses herself as a weapon to to kind of um, you know strike at him. But uh, <clears throat> we're able to see, like, look, he he has these he has these ideas on what the world is going to be and what it yeah. can be, and you know, he he does have rules too. Like, he does have um, you know it's okay, things that he believes are still good or not not good, or what's going to help you know mm. catapult us into the next realm of you know how we are. But um, um. Because initially you're just like, yo, he's just a villain. And he's just harsh. He's and I, same thing. I yeah. I hate. I hate the things that he he rules by fear. I hate that too. I mm. love Jeffrey D. Morgan as as the character. He's amazing. He's good. I think he's mm-hmm. so good, so charismatic. I love too that they've he he's fallen back a bit on the overemphasis yeah. of his words. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my my buddy Dan King was like, you know, we were talking about it at at Christmas, and he's like, yeah, everything seems to be over pronounced. There you know? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm glad that he's kind of fallen back on that he's, a bit because it was getting a little bit mm. too much like, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it was almost like, are you for real? The parody. Yeah. Almost, uh, of himself. Right. But, right. I don't know. I mean, like the Sasha death, spoilers, whatever. You probably know if you've even listened to this show. But with Sasha, like, I was so disappointed because, like, I had read three months prior that she's the star of the new Star Trek show, which yeah. automatically tells me that she's going to die. Right. I mean, like, I don't even watch the, the previews of next week because I can just foresee where the plot's going. Like, I'd like to just tune in. Yeah. And then sometimes, like, it's great. Sometimes it's bad. Like, I remember the one week, like, the Oceanside episode. Like, I just, no, like, we just got good. Like, yeah. I, not nothing against that character, but, like, to me, that was probably one of the weakest episodes just because, I mean, like, they could have got those weapons anywhere. Like, yes, there's some strong, powerful women in there, but, like, I... I don't know. I mean, like, there's too much going on. You got to, it's like you're playing a board game or like Monopoly. You're collecting all these places, and like someone's trying to win, but there never is a winner. And you usually just wind up throwing the board down and getting pissed off anyway. <laughs> but like, 
I mean, I'm always going to be a fan. Um, I can't say the same for Fear of the Walking Dead. I stopped watching last year. My brother like would just text me like, "What happened?" Mm-hmm. I may join in uh, when it comes back this summer, just because it's going to be a long time. Um, Tell me what you think about Eugene as far as him bringing him being brought into the sanctuary and his "I am Negan" speech to Negan. I want to hear your thoughts on that. I do believe you made the correct select. <laughs> um. I, I read something once about it. It's kind of like, okay, like, so if you were in this situation, what type of person would you be? Would you be Rick? Would you be Negan? Would you be Carl? Mm-hmm. Or would you be Eugene? Mm-hmm. Um, I can foresee myself being a lot of different things, but I can identify with Eugene because his greatest gift is his brain. He can he doesn't like killing. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like, he's scared to death. If you watch the, the beating scene, he is terrified, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I don't know. Is he playing them or is he playing himself? He already took a risk by giving Sasha the suicide pill. You know what I mean? Like, he had to know in the back of his mind that how would Negan ever suspect? Like, I guess she lost the oxygen. Like, Negan looks at him with that look like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no way. But, I mean, I like the fact that somebody, like, you know, like, it's almost like Eugene went there and now we have, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Dwight. Yeah. Dwight. Yeah, Dwight. So, like, we trade it in a way. I've always liked Dwight. Mm-hmm. Dwight reminds me of somebody from the 90s, like a friend of ours. I can't pinpoint it. But, like, um, with Eugene, I get it. I mean, he's pissed a lot of people off. You know what I mean? Rick was ready to blow his ass up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, you know, I, I still don't understand why the bombs didn't go off. Did those people from the trash heap, like, pull the pl- Like, how did Rosita not... Did she not put the bombs... Like, they blew up all of Oceanside... You know what I mean? The outside perimeters. Yeah, but they couldn't get this one bomb to go off. I and think I think someone from the from the the yeah, but once someone dumpster crew, it, you know what I, I mean? I think, wasn't Rosita standing there? You know that was just I was just yeah. like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But I do like Eugene. I like Eugene's new outfit. I like how he's looking dark now. He's got that long trench coat. He never wore a trench coat before. Yeah. And to be quite honest, I mean, like uh, you know, the survivors of Alexandria never really treated with Eugene with the respect that he's getting from Negan. You know what I mean? He's playing, uh, what's that game, that Atari game, Yaris, or, uh, oh, I forget. He's playing that Atari 2600 game. Mm-hmm. I read all about it the next day, too, because I, I remember that, like, the worst graphics in the world. Yeah. But, I mean, he's got a lot of uh, things going on for him. But um, I love the character. I, I think it's kind of funny, too. I follow uh, Josh McDermott on uh, Instagram, and mm-hmm. uh, when he goes to all the conventions, he has a whole uh, subgenre of fans who wear shirts that say Eugene brings the sex, <laughs> and he just points to the shirts and like yeah. you know, laughs. But I mean, I like Eugene. I like I like somebody like that in the apocalypse. Somebody that's scared to death and doesn't know what to do, but has lots of knowledge. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think he's uh, I think he's almost just kind of hedging his bets. You know? Mm-hmm. I think he sees. Uh, you know how Rick was beaten down, and he was with he was with Abraham. Was Abraham was strong, know. you know, someone Abraham. that protected him. And then when they joined up with Alex, you know, before it was Alexandria with Rick, um, when they you know post post terminus right before Alexandria. That was my favorite. By they, the way, when they were that, in that's the my woods. favorite time of The Walking Dead. Yeah, is when they're um, walking on the road, dehydrated. And I was like, I'm going out looking for water. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. just, that was just like so, like, I, I could foresee that happening. You know what I mean? Then they come across Alexandria. But. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of almost wish they would have, if anything, that like, I feel like sometimes they stretch things out that you don't want them to, and then yeah. they kind of minimalize other things. Like, I, I wanted yeah. the battle with Terminus to be a lot longer it or bigger. Quick. It was a quarter what of an episode. Name? What's his name again? Uh, the, head, the head cannibal. 
He ate the tainted meat. <laughs> oh, um, What's his name? Um, anyway, he was good, though. I liked yeah. him. And then he viciously killed him in that church. <clears throat> And yeah. that's when Tyrese was just like, oh, man, I don't know about these guys. Or, no, not Tyrese. It was the father. <coughs> Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel. Gabriel. Mm-hmm. By the way, Gabriel is like really made like such a, like a 360. He's such a, you know, mercenary badass now, mm-hmm. you know? I still don't get like how he had time to write boat in the back of that book when the. Yeah. There's so many things with McGimple. Like, are you even thinking? Mm-hmm. Like, because there's so many plot holes. But, you know, yeah. I just, I can't help to see them just from, from being a writer. But like, uh, that was a huge plot hole. And I was just thinking like, what the hell? Like. You know, and, like, the other thing, too, like, okay, forgive me if I'm wrong. So, like, the ocean, the trash people are the ones who are watching Rick on the boat gather the supplies, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. That figure, that person walking with the shoes, you know? Yep. To me, in my mind, it was somebody watching them who might have been a bigger, badder threat or somebody from their past that they might have forgotten about that's still trying to find them very akin to Morgan. Yeah. I got so confused because is it the people from the trash? But then later you see Dwight dressed in a very similar outfit in, outside the gates of um, the, sa- the Saviors. And then he gets Rosita. I'm just like, wait, yeah. you know, Gimple, what are you doing over here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. God, Gimple. Uh, well, how about Heath is just gone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Taryn Heath gone. Out on and the- you know where he's at? He's on 24 on the Fox Network. That's is where he's at. Yeah. <laughs> He just bounced out so he can go film that real quick. Uh, it's just like, that's terrible, man. Like, what? The sand truck or, uh, spills over, and then he's just automatically now in the world of Kiefer Sutherland. Like, yeah. Before, like, right. Oh, man, that's so bad. He's a good actor, though. I like yeah, that guy. I, liked I really it. liked him in um, uh, Straight Out of Compton. I think Straight Out of Compton is an awesome movie. I'm looking yeah. forward to. Uh, I think they're going to do The Dog Pound, which would be pretty cool. Like, oh, nice. Yeah, like The 90s Wars. But yeah. uh, The Walking Dead, it just. It's such a, it's such a pleasure. And I'm really lost now on Sundays. Like last Sunday, I'm just like, what? What do I do? Who do I talk to? What do I watch? Um, I, I watch Big Little Lies. You're watching it right now, right? Are you finished? We're done. We finished it. Oh, you're finished? Yeah, we finished okay, it. Okay, so yeah. spoilers if you haven't seen the show Big Little Lies. I want to chat about it for a little bit here on the podcast because, okay, I got a lot of flack from some of my guy friends because I'm like, dude, you got to check out the show Big Little Lies. So like, yeah. oh, who's in it? I'm like, Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon. The chick from that Divergence series, like, I ain't watching that chick stuff. I'm like, you are missing out, dude. Mm-hmm. This show has got everything. Yeah, it was amazing. It's got awesome leads. It's got an amazing plot that shocks you in the end. Mm-hmm. And it's filmed beautifully. It makes me want to go back and live in California. Um, it, it, I, I just, I would like to watch it again because there's so many, like, hints throughout this thing. Spoilers, by the way, if you haven't seen the show, don't listen to this. But, I mean, the big reveal at the end. Yeah. That Perry... Mm-hmm. is not the only yeah, yeah he's the guy that and the, raped and the dad yeah yeah and he's got well he's got this other kid too yeah he's got ziggy ziggy's uh-huh. his son uh-huh. which is nuts because you look at it you know it's just that last five minutes i remember just sitting here in this room on the couch with my wife and just being like holy shit because i didn't see it coming yeah some people said they did I didn't. Yeah. Well, when when we started to find out more about how um, the the volatile relationship that Perry had with Nicole Kidman, I, I know I just used different names, but uh, I started to to think maybe maybe Perry's the one that is um, the one who raped. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, I can't remember her name in the show. Shailene Woodley. Right. That raped her. Yes. Um, just simply because. 
of how he acted, how mm-hmm. he had that, you know, uh, I'm going to beat you and then screw you kind of mentality yeah. or the way the way he was. And then when Reese Witherspoon found, you know, the guy that kind of looked like him a little bit, but yeah. not really. And then, like, when she even confronts him, she's like, yeah. you kind of look like him, but you don't smell like him. She so drops probably her not you. I always thought the gun, like, popped off, like, right there. And right. Like... <clears throat> so when that started to kind of, we started seeing those little crumbs of information mm-hmm. come into play. My wife said at first, she's like, I think Perry's the one that raped her. She just oh, hasn't wow. put she the pieces. Yeah, she's like, she hasn't put the pieces together. Kudos yet. to Stein. And um, they hadn't seen each other. There was no other time that yes, they interacted they, they except, were, they would, except for when he got his urethra damaged. Right. Like, dude, I, that that episode, I remember just being like, holy shit. And uh-huh. then I did something terrible afterwards. I went online and I googled that injury. I saw some of the worst pictures. I wish I didn't do this, but uh, the show made me uh, Google broken urethra, and uh, it's it's terrible. But, I mean, God damn, that was so... You know, the way he's like, I could have killed you. You know, like, he was so good. Alexander Skarsgård was uh, on the show True Blood. He's also Tarzan. And he's in a a movie, or uh, limited... Um, series on HBO called Generation Kill. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really yeah, that good was, about the Marines. That this was, guy is um, a good actor. You know? That was uh, David Simon right off the wire. Yes. He did Generation Kill. Love that. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, <coughs> love Big Little Lies. The fact that uh, it was only seven episodes long. I yeah, it was that. Miniseries, I, I, like, yeah. I love miniseries like mm-hmm. that. You know, like True Detective season one was very similar and then they came with the second one which was terrible. Dog shit. But, um, Apparently, True Detective season three is uh, possibly coming back, and uh, maybe we can bring back the true Bobcast. But um, <laughs> Big Little Lies season two is—it's not a thing right now. But I just read that the author of the book um, is entertaining the idea. She's uh, also just optioned her the book that came out after Big Little Lies. Um, Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon bought the rights to, and it deals with the family. Or a husband and wife who were just recently married who move into a neighborhood and get into all sorts of murder conspiracy plots during like a barbecue or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I should read that. But mm-hmm. I mean, damn, like Big Little Lies was so like, you know, it was so like, I remember thinking like, should I be watching that instead of The Walking Dead? And I don't ever think that, you know what I mean? Because I was captivated by the plot. Like, who is yeah. this guy? What's the big reveal? Is Reese Witherspoon gonna... Um, get caught cheating you know like yeah. and uh her husband with the beard god he just drove me nuts but like well the one thing that surprised me the most actually was that it was actually uh bonnie right was mm-hmm. uh reese witherspoon's uh ex's new chick yes was the one Zoe that Kravitz. actually killed Saves him the day. right that was the one that was the part of it that really kind of surprised me it was like all right mm-hmm. you kind of see it coming that mm-hmm. uh, at least for me i the way that it, it shook out and the way that i was looking into the because she was the on the outs with them right because she, she's she, on the in oh yeah she's in inner well, circle yeah inner circle Without doubt, forever mm-hmm. now yeah they're completely they're sisters now yeah they're binded by yeah. this yeah Zoe I love kravitz was awesome lady <laughs> kravitz's daughter on the show um i love the way they told the story um you know when uh sometimes it's it's a risk when you take uh, you know, something that had been written uh, from, you know, a book or a comic and then bring it to the screen. Uh, sometimes there's things mm-hmm. that are lost, you know. Lost uh, translation. Case in point, a lot of Stephen King things that have been brought to the screen have been kind of crap. But uh, It looks good, though. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the trailer yet. And there's I, a trailer out now I haven't seen for The Mist. Apparently, oh, The okay. Mist is an Amazon miniseries. Okay. And... Because I'm a Stephen King fan as well. Um, there's a J.J. Abrams Hulu show coming out based on the town of... De- What's it? Deary? 
or um, what's all his fictional novels based in? There's a small oh, Stephen King. Yeah, but it's it's that that town and all okay. the super, like all the stuff that happens and apparently all the characters are, are in it. Okay, I want to talk about Bonnie real quick. Um, I read that um, there's a huge subplot left out on the show of Bonnie. Bonnie comes from an abusive. Um, her, her father was abusive towards her mm-hmm. and it plays a big role into the novel and kind of like also how like that's kind of how she becomes the hero you know mm-hmm. so apparently that's going to be a focus of season two but I mean like it ends with the detectives watching them on the beach through the binoculars so they're yeah. after them you know what I mean which right. is cool but god I loved it uh if you haven't seen it and I've spoiled the entire show for you <laughs> I apologize it's still worth watching it's still worth watching um <laughs> Uh, last thing on our list today, uh, spinning the pop culture dial. Uh, last Friday, uh, after well, I guess we have to wait 25 years to be uh, considered for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, uh, one of our favorite bands from the 90s, Pearl Jam, was inducted. Uh, did it make you feel old? <laughs> I feel old. I was yeah, like, damn it, Eddie's 53 it now. Like, it what's did. going on, Eddie? It did for you sure. Know? I mean, especially thinking about uh, to when. Uh, you used to have to ride bikes to get places or yeah. walk, you know, yeah. and I remember riding my bike uh, when uh, Versus, uh, which later um, was 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 originally called Five Against One, but then was uh, renamed Damn, I forgot Versus. all about that, yeah. Their second album that came out, uh, mm-hmm. right, leaving school, we were in middle school at the time, leaving school, riding my bike to the Plymouth Mini Mall to get a copy of it on cassette. And then riding all the way home, listening, uh, to, listening it. to it, you know, on my headphones with my Walkman, you know, and yeah. thinking like people today are probably like, what the hell is a Walkman? I know. You know what I mean? Like it's ancient technology uh, and it wasn't even that long ago. Um, so, yeah. So to 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 see them get inducted was, uh, I mean, to me, I just want to comment yeah. on one thing real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I haven't thought of this in a long time, but uh, do you remember the struggle of actually listening to your Walkman like on a bike because the shit would always fall out your pocket uh-huh. like you'd have the belt like you know what I mean like you'd be like yeah. come on man yeah. just let me listen to this and then yeah. like, I remember like it would fall like the, the, the headphones would come out i get the play button stuck I actually found my Walkman not too long ago Did I you? still have it I still have uh- lots of tapes I have a tape uh, player in the back I have listen to like my Nirvana tapes they sound mm-hmm. awesome tapes are amazing the trick would be to wear a backpack. I know, and, and to put, put the Walkman yeah. in the backpack in, oh, wasn't and zipper it up. Oh, wasn't that savvy? You know, <laughs> but like five against one, I remember that. But I mean, yes. Yeah, so yeah. let's get back to the. Um, the yeah. Rock so rock yes, yeah. to answer your question, it made me feel old. Feel old, yes. old right? Yeah, like, for it, sure. Thirty-seven yeah. years old, like, yeah. and Eddie's because Eddie's always been so youthful to to me. You know, like yeah. And then seeing um, the pictures of him with his slightly older haircut, kind of thing going on. You know, but like the band members. Uh, I, it got me really nostalgic, like when they got announced, and I start going um, back into history, and I start watching lots of videos, and I start, you know, appreciating more the fact that you know these guys are getting, you know, we had Nirvana was it two years ago? I think they got inducted, maybe one. I can't remember. I think it was last year. Wasn't but, it last so Nirvana year? last yeah. year, Pearl Jam this year. All of our bands now are you know mm-hmm. considered classic rock in a way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like nostalgic, but I mean, like I guess with Pearl Jam. Um, my question for you is, when did you first discover them? Like, when were you, when like the, the ten album come into your life? How did it come into your life? Uh, I, I kind of vividly remember um, being uh, at the beach for whatever reason in New Jersey uh, on vacation and uh, getting ready to go out for the night to kind of go on the boardwalk and stuff and putting on MTV and seeing a video for Jeremy. 
Oh wow! I'm, I if if that's if that my but that's my recollection. Yeah. That, if mm-hmm. that's what if that's my first recollection, that's what I always come back to when I think about how long I've been into Pearl Jam and how much uh, they've influenced me. How, when did I originally um, discover them? Uh, you know, for myself, uh, I believe that's when it was. Is seeing the Jeremy video on MTV, which is really, really. I mean, like when you watch it now, like it's striking. Yeah, and this is really before. Like people watching, like why would they do something like that? Mm-hmm. You know, nineteen ninety like three, four. We're thinking here, and then fast forward to nineteen ninety nine. You had Columbine. The exact same uh-huh. thing happened. Yeah. Um, uh, the video, Jeremy. Uh, I believe it was the that was her third video. I think the first video is alive. alive then even flow. Yeah. For me, it was which are both live. Even flow is the first yeah. one, and I remember being like, if there's a band that this this energetic, I've got to buy this album. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because it was such a ho- even flow to me doesn't even sound like a song. It sounds like a feeling. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's so engulfing. You know, and like I remember there's a rumor rumor that that was filmed in the Trocadero. I'm not sure if it's filmed in the Trocadero, but I think the first thing I remember too, and this is really weird, but I mean, Eddie had such a cool uh, like greenish purple flannel that he wore all the time. And I remember being like, I need to find that shirt. <laughs> I want that shirt, you know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know what he did with it. Um, he had that brown shirt that he eventually wrote the letter K on for Kirk Cobain when he yeah. passed. Now that shirt is in the the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame exhibit. But um, I think we were still at an age too, where you know there was still we were we were right in the in the sweet spot of that. We're still influenced by our parents as far as what our musical taste mm-hmm. is, and then coming into our own of what our musical taste yes. is and desires. Uh, I remember being a really young kid and uh, okay. kind of being force-fed to like The Doors, yeah. uh, like um, The Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and The Doors won out in that in that force-feeding uh, for me. Um, I really can't... They had me personally, I, The I, Doors. I, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, and then I, you know, got into Guns N' Roses and, yeah. and fell into the, the 80s, uh, you know, Motley Crue, Skid Row. Uh, but then coming into the 90s, it was this whole new idea of what music was going to be, what it could be. Uh, and it was nothing like, you know, What's, what what was there in the 80s. Because even, you know, Guns N' Roses was still around too. They were still doing tours like Use Your Illusions 1 and 2 came out around the right same then. time yeah. that, you know, um, Nevermind came out and the 10 came out. So it was just like, you know, they, and they weren't, Guns N' Roses weren't passing the torch. It was just something that yeah, just happened. happened they must you know? have been pissed. They spent all this time with <clears> you, yeah. one and two. Hell yeah. And it's completely, you know, bamboozled, if you will, by the emergence of the grunge movement. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, the promotion for Use Your Illusions 1 and 2 was huge. I remember the posters coming out, the blue, the orange, like, oh my God, I got to get I I just recently read that Axel was a huge fan of Nirvana, wore the Nirvana hat, actually, in uh, the November Rain video briefly. That um, he contacted Nirvana, uh, asked him to play his 30th birthday party. They said no. Mm-hmm. Then they contacted him again, and that's where the beef arose where you can watch on YouTube where you yeah. know, Dave Grohl's screaming out, Hi, Axel, hi, Axel. Yeah. But um, Pearl Jam um, was the, the the second version of Mother Love Bone after their lead singer tragically passed away. Uh, the way that Eddie got the job, man. It's just crazy. I was watching Pearl Jam 25 and like, uh-huh. he basically was just right in, right in the, the exact spot he needed to be with that demo, got the tape, yeah. flew up and they basically just, they got together so, uh, so quickly, you know? And like the 10 album, um, Carlson's the drummer. Um, I forgot that. Um, yeah, I went back into the, the history. So he got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Chamberlain got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame who's also the drummer for Soundgarden. Um, 
but all these other drummers like in between and most notably Dave uh, I can never say his Aberziz. last name yeah. yeah how do you say his last name Aberziz I, I, I say, say Aberzuzi yeah <laughs> so it was Krusen yeah. uh, Aberziz uh, Jack Irons yeah. and then uh, Matt Cameron who's the current drummer Cameron not Chamberlain I'm thinking of Chamberlain's from a band called Tiny Vices that's performing at the top of the world party 5 June 9th 2017 <laughs> Whole Foods Bobcast Epic coming at you uh, a little bit of a podcast uh, slur there but um, Pearl Jam just has such a cool career because it's like, you know, they're defined by lots of different things. For me, uh, there's, there's significant things, but a lot of people would argue that, you know, the battle against Ticketmaster was mm-hmm. something. But like to me, like I just never, I was happy they were doing it, but I was more excited about when they were doing that gorilla radio thing, that mon- uh, monkey, monkey wrench. wrench yeah. mm-hmm. Like I remember being a kid being like, he's got his own, th- they're, they're try- you know what I mean? Like, this mm-hmm. is so cool, you know? Yeah. Because uh, you don't see stuff like that with artists no more. And at least Pearl Jam, like, you know, they, they tried to make a difference when nobody else was, you know? Yeah, well, I think they they had, uh, for me, not just, you know, obviously the music is what, what draws you in. But then you want to you wanna believe, too, like, they were never a band that was, like, in the media for a negative reason. There was never any type of drama or controversy that came mm-hmm. along with whatever they were doing to try to, you know, create music and bring it to the masses. Um you know things that they stood for against like Ticketmaster, where they believe that hey we we don't want to do videos. You know we'll yeah. do videos if it's like us playing or when they did the do the evolution video. Yeah, which that was, was the all first animated. video. That was the first video, right? I forgot about that. They stopped making videos. Yeah, they stopped making videos. The, the last video ever was. I think it was Jeremy. Jeremy was the last video that they actually appeared in where it was. There was no videos off verses. Correct. Yeah. So their that you know their kind of um, take on it was like we don't really want to make. A video like that uh we just want you know if you want to record us live and and have that be the video like they yeah. did with you know even flow uh uh or alive and they're like yeah that's fine do the evolution i think was the first video that they did in that's years. thomas learned actually they right did it thomas learned, right. on uh comic right. book and uh spider-man universe Correct. but uh i remember i love that video mm-hmm. love that video i remember yeah. that, and they're not in it it's right. animated it's the history it's of like you know the world but yep. god is that good um so yeah i mean they you know they're they've always been a band to me that um for me, they've always been a, there as something to fall back on, you know, when uh, there's been significant times in your life, almost like a mm-hmm. timeline. They were around when I was a really young kid, kind of mm-hmm. figuring out things for myself and then, you know, heartache and, uh, you know, um, just coming gra- of age. We know. graduated in 98 with Yield. Yield comes out in 98. Yeah. Um, that album and then afterwards, Binaural, I mean, like, God, those were so, like, I mean, I look back at them. I just recently re- revisited all of them, and mm-hmm. I had the same thing, that nostalgic feeling mm-hmm. of, like, thank you, Pearl Jam, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, thank you for helping me, you yeah. know? I don't know how, but, like, because, like, maybe one song doesn't necessarily uh, mean something to the, the creators of it, but it does to you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, but, like, so many great albums. Um, their last album was uh, 2013, Lightning Bolt. Mm-hmm. There is a new one, apparently, in the works, right? Uh, I believe so. I don't. I don't know if there's a release mm-hmm. date for it yet. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, I'm a fan. I always like their stuff. There are some songs mm-hmm. that I'm just not really that keen yeah. on. Mm-hmm. You me know, too. Uh, Lightning Bolt for me overall yeah. wasn't like a wow. I'm so impressed with this album. Uh, the one before it, Backspacer. Yes, I really love that one. Mm-hmm. I thought they were. What was the lead single on that one? Uh, Backspacer. They had a bunch of different singles. Uh, uh, Just breathe was on that Just one. Breathe, yeah. um, uh, the fixer. Yeah, the video. The fixer the, was the, 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 the video where they're, they're they're playing live, right? And there's like a fisheye camera and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, which actually I like wasn't. I, 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 to me, I wasn't really a fan of it too much. It seemed like it was almost a little bit too commercial to for me. Them. I, yeah, yeah, for mm-hmm. them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but just breathe was an amazing song. Um, definitely one of uh, one of my favorites. Um, just for the simplicity of it, uh, but also just for the you know almost like the gratitude that comes out of it, like mm-hmm. in the lyrics, you know, like. Uh, I'm a lucky man to count on both hands the ones that I love. And mm-hmm. some folks don't have that, you know, like yep. it's just, uh, you know, you can, you definitely feel like I, I never, I never got like a pretentious type of, you know, like we're rock stars kind yeah, of vibe Eddie. from Pearl Jam at and they all. could have had Anybody. that. Oh, totally. Could have had that. Totally. Eddie could, could totally be that type of person. Oh, absolutely. Want. But he's very mindful mm-hmm. of the world. I think yeah. his surfing kind of helps that out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like helps him with that. And he also loves baseball, loves the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. It's really cool watching him be a fan. Yeah. For me. Because I'm a fan of him. Mm-hmm. Seeing somebody you idolized like something so much and like being right. so happy. Like, does, you see that video of uh, him and Bill Murray singing in some apartment after <laughs> no, party? Oh, no. send it to you. So there's this video like after they win or something and they're just so like drunk, like just singing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible. It's out of tune and everything. But yeah, I mean, just such a great band. Um, I mean, like for me, like back in the day, like, you know, there's so many great bands, so many albums that come for Like Nirvana, we only had three albums for the tragic passing of Kurt and then Pearl Jam, you know, just continued that career. I remember distinctly feeling such uh, appreciation for Eddie. Um, I believe it was April the 21st. I'm not entirely sure, but Pearl Jam was performing on Saturday Night Live and the host was uh, Emilio Estevez. And um, I remember seeing Eddie's face on, uh, on the, you know, film and just thinking like, he's definitely in pain by this, you know, and they performed the song, not for you. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember just thinking, like, you know, like, God, like, I can't believe this happened. Like, I, I wish that somebody would say something. And he didn't say anything. As I mentioned previously, his most famous brown shirt that he wore at a lot of his concerts, he had written in Black Magic Market, the letter K. He revealed that during the end credits. And I remember feeling so happy and, like, kind of, like, being like, at least somebody gets it that a lot of people are in pain. You know what I mean? And Pearl Jam and Nirvana didn't really have the best uh, relationship. I mean, there's footage of them dancing backstage at the MTV Music Awards where mm-hmm. they, you know, kind of buried the hatch or whatever. But um, yeah, it was another tie-in cool. uh, at the end of um, of uh, Not For You uh, when he uh, they start playing a Neil Young riff, um, Hey, Hey, My, My, yeah. uh, which yeah. was at the end right of, the end. Uh, of Kurt's uh, suicide note uh, mm-hmm. where he references Better To Burn Out Than Fade Away. And I think, uh, you know, Pearl Jam is always at least Eddie too has been one of those performers that always will tie in his influences uh, mm-hmm. into their songs and he'll you know they'll do I mean because not only do they have a lot of great original stuff they do really good covers of yeah. songs I mean too. Rockin' in the Free World's almost become their <coughs> song oh I know well same thing with they like, did it at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame dude yeah I mean Bob O'Reilly is another one that they yeah. cover from The Who mm-hmm. like there's a lot of different covers they do but they, the tie in same thing in the Saturday Night Live uh, I, I had it on VHS I, I watched that mm-hmm. over and over and over again um uh, when Pearl Jam was on there because they played three songs which was like unheard of yes. at the time most bands played yeah. only two songs on Saturday Night Live and they mm-hmm. actually played three um, but yeah the, the same thing for me too was like it was kind of um, we were 14 years old yeah I mean but it was just um, heartfelt that he acknowledged like acknowledged hey this it. is I'm in, I'm in pain too I'm in pain of, of losing somebody that I just started to mm-hmm. become friends with I know there's been interviews with Kurt where you know, after because they were supposed to both play a New Year's Eve yes. show right mm-hmm. before Eddie got sick for Live and Loud. Right, right yeah. before, right before he passed. Um, and 
Uh, I remember them, uh, the interview with Kurt just saying, hey, he's like, yeah, you know what? We had all this stuff going on, but then we actually talked on the phone a few times, Eddie mm-hmm. and I, and I, he's like, I really, he is a nice guy. And I kind of see that he's down mm-hmm. to earth and he's like me and we've really gotten along. He's like, we've actually become friends. And I remember thinking like, oh, it's so good. Like, I think, but again, it goes back to what we originally talked about at the beginning of this cast is that it's media sensationalizes stuff, mm-hmm. like blow stuff out of proportion. Like yeah, they hate you know, each Biggie other. and Tupac kind of stuff. Yeah. Like they, they were I friends. think they were believing they were friends, yeah. that Pearl Jam and Nirvana were this were huge Pearl enemies. Pearl Jam and Nirvana you know? were on tour with the Red Hot Chili Peppers right when Nevermind came. Uh, that fall, the tour was booked prior to the success of Nevermind. And the Chili Peppers were the headliner. It was Pearl Jam open, Nirvana, and then the Chili Peppers. And then it kind of fell apart because everyone got a fl- uh, the flu or something. But... Um, yeah, totally media sensationalizing people like being against each other and stuff like that. But like all the great aspects of Pearl Jam rolled into one. I mean, they put on a hell of a live show for people. Oh, for sure. And I hate to say this, but I've only seen them once. Oh. And I'm looking forward to going again. Um, when they came around that last time, I was working a job. I just I couldn't I couldn't get off. Yeah. But um, I for, when I did see them, um, I believe it was for. Uh, I think it was like the right around 2002, the Riot Act or something. I, I saw him at, I think I saw him at the Twitter Center or the, not Twitter, Twitter, the Twitter Center. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Twitter Center. <laughs> Retweet me. Um, yeah. But I was blown away. You know what I mean? And yeah. to see a band play that long and continue like uh-huh. the stamina, you know, of like just rocking it out. Like I saw yeah. the Foo Fighters last summer and I, I'm not a hater, but like he wasn't a wheelchair, you know, or, yeah. you know, like he was. And the throne. It was a long, long concert, man. Yeah. People were digging it, but I was just like, man, this is long. Yeah. Pearl Jam, I didn't feel that way. I was like, wow, this is like kind of like a blessing to see this because yeah. they are ripping it. Well, you know what you I know? always regretted and I found out after the fact was the last time they came to town, uh, it was last year or the year before, they played two back-to-back yes. shows in Philly and they Close played the 10 in their entirety. entirety yeah. Now, when they closed the Spectrum, that was back in 2009, they played four shows. Mm-hmm. I actually went to the last show. Was the oh, last, you were there. I was at the... That's 2009. October, God, October 31st, 2009 mm-hmm. was the last show. So you saw the Devo show. performance. Yeah. That's cool. <clears throat> they dressed up as Devo for Halloween. It was on Halloween. The mm-hmm. Phillies were in the World Series. Uh, it was... I mean, the trains were packed. I didn't I didn't drive downtown. I took the train. Mm-hmm. And the packed with people yeah. going to the World Series we're going to Halloween parties or we're going to see Pearl Jam that's awesome and it was daylight savings time too it was just a wow. culmination of all these different things They, wow. I had nosebleed seats but I didn't care I was still mm-hmm. there I'm such a fanboy that it didn't matter to me where I sat that, mm-hmm. you know it was just I'm a part of history uh, yeah. you know, Pearl Jam's playing they never played that many shows before they they were I think they probably did play the entire their entire catalog with some covers thrown in there too for sure um, but they they, but it was over a two-hour show. I mean, yeah, and it rocked. Amazing. And they, the other thing, too, what Pearl Jam does that not a lot of bands do, when they sell out an arena, they sell out the whole thing. They, you can watch them from behind the stage. Like, I would love to get that ticket. Like, looking right down at them. Yeah. Soul Page Plant like that. It's still one of my best concerts because yeah. it was just so amazing to see the audience react to yeah. like, the energy. But um, that must have been cool to see the Devo performance. Was, yeah. that, the, was that the encore? Like, or was, was uh, that, It was the first encore first break encore. they came out. What's, do you know what song they did? Um, whip it. Oh, cool. Because then they went into whipping. Oh, that's awesome. By in the outfits. Yes. Uh, so many. We talked a lot about Eddie, but I mean, there, there was something to say about like uh, Jeff Ament, Stone Gossard, uh, McCready. Like these guys are just awesome musicians. As a bass player, always idolized Ament because he can just run around that stage, mm-hmm. and you forget that he's got to he's got to keep time. Yeah. He's got to do a lot of different things. He's got. 
awesome selection of bases, by the way. Did you see the bases he's playing with the Rock and Roll Hall of no, Fame, that I, pink thing? I Dude, it is awesome. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's a left-handed base because it's kind of, like, reversed uh, on the tuning board, but, like, he is probably one of my favorite bass players. Like, you know, you don't really get a lot. Of, I mean, there's certain bass players that, you know, are more, like, recognized, but, like, for me, as a musician, I've always looked up to him just because he just knows how to really make that, and he's got to deal with all these different drummers, you know what I mean? But, like, the yeah. sound is consistent, I think, because... Of that low end, of course, you know Stone and McCre- like they, they rip it. You know what I mean? Like there's no other better guitar players than those guys when it comes to, like the way that they write too. You know, and like uh, it's just they're amazing. You know? Yeah, and they've all been able to do their own side projects too. Everybody included yep. in the band and never taken away from anything that Pearl Jam does. You know, sometimes you see other bands that uh, you know, the guys in the band break off side projects and like oh, it just sounds like mm-hmm. this band, the second version of this band, second whereas version, like. Yeah. I think stuff they've done, like you see it uh, occasionally throughout their stuff too, where like Stone will step in and sing a song, and you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I think as they've grown as a band too, they've really brought everything to the table because I think it, you know more so in the infancy of the band, you would have just McCready and and Gossard kind of making the music, and this yeah. is what it is. Like these are the songs we're bringing to the table. Yeah. This is what we're doing, and then as it got along, like Eddie started to play guitar Same and like bring guitar. things to the table too. He wrote Rearview Mirror, right? Yeah, I mean, he brought Better Man. Was mm-hmm. Better Man was a song that came out that he wrote, he wrote prior song, to even yeah. being in Pearl Jam, you know? Um, um, yeah, I remember that. Um, I remember, especially that Saturday, that was the first time I ever saw Eddie play guitar was on Saturday Night Live, and I was yeah. like, what's he doing up there Yeah, that, right, you know? right. And he's playing that, I think the, the first one was Rearview Mirror, right? First song's Rearview Mirror? Yeah, I think it you? was, uh, no, it was, I think it was Daughter, Rearview Mirror, and, um, and Not For yeah. You, mm-hmm. uh, with the three songs they played. Um, I um, I love this song, uh, not for you. I mean, we can get into uh, this right now. I can just tell you, I'll give you my first four. Um, we were doing it with uh, the task <laughs> of uh, trying to pick our uh, top four Pearl Jam songs, and it's tough. It's real tough. Uh, it's like telling, it's like saying, "Hey, what are you going to eat for the rest of your life?" But um, for me, uh, not for you is on the list. Uh, not for you is like one of the f- first, first, maybe like third or fourth riff I've ever learned on guitar. I remember it's just an E chord and it goes up uh, two half steps or something like that. And I, I was mesmerized by that song because it was so easy, but like the lyrics were so strong. Um, Restless soul, enjoy your youth. Yeah. I mean, just, Boom. just right out of the old. gate. I'm in. Right Eddie, out of the gate. You, you know? Right out of the gate. It shoots you uh, on this journey of, you know. Is that on your list? That's on your yeah, list. It's too, in my right? top, so, yeah, it's in my top five. My I, top. I, I, I had a hard time. I had a really hard time. Yeah, you were yelling at me. I'm looking I was. at these messages last night. Um, <laughs> I yeah. wanted to pick 10, Bob. Yeah, I have about 20 <laughs> on my list, but I did narrow down to at least the top five. Uh, Not For You is in my top five for sure. Okay. It's just amazing, amazing song. Um, so I'll give you another. I'll give you my second one. Um, for me, it's uh, Animal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I forgot how much I love that song. And when I was doing all my Pearl Jam research when you know a couple weeks ago and I was feeling awfully nostalgic, I came across the performance of them on MTV. And it is just chock full of energy man like i don't know it might have been the words i'm not sure but i remember it was a year when everyone had all these fancy backdrops and pearl jam just comes out and it's red in the back and they rip it and the song just has such energy to it and uh i love it um what's number two for you yeah um probably uh nothing as it seems Mm -hmm. uh was uh uh, well my my first one i'll go back my first one was black uh, off of 10 i remember um, distinctly you 
really gravitating towards that song where we were young, oh, yeah. singing it all the time. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just such a, you know, put it this way. If you've ever had your heart broken, mm-hmm. Black is your go-to song, or at least for me was yeah. my, my go-to song. You know, it's just filled with so much... Uh, you know, comfort and angst of like, wow, there's a guy that actually knows exactly what it feels like to get his heart broken yes. too. You know, like, uh, I know someday you'll have a beautiful life and I know that you'll be a star, but why can't it, you know, yeah. be in mine? It's just amazing. His lyrics like, are just su- such poetry, you know? Yeah, Eddie always had a way of bringing, you know, I mean, the 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 melody of the song is, is just... Uh, so catchy too you yes. know and then you bring the words in and it's it just pulls the whole thing together obviously that's what a song does but not like um, that though. just the way that they were able to do that time and time again like uh, you know going back to what we talked about before like seeing them live uh you know most people want to see just hear just the hits for me i'm i'm kind of a nerd in the respect you want to hear, hear yeah. deep cuts you yeah. know like i seeing them uh uh at the spectrum they played bugs did they? Do you know what I mean? Like, like oh, so, wow. uh, with an accordion? Yeah. Who played the accordion? Eddie? Eddie did, yeah. I oh, mean, it's man. such an amazing rendition. Like, it's a song you think you're never going to see live. You know, they were playing the, you know, Closing the Spectrum. They played almost the entire catalog, and he busts out his accordion and plays Bugs. It's a song off Vitology. Yes. It's their third album, and it's just such like a... We're taking a huge risk mm-hmm. by making an album that we want to make, and we're going to go in all these different directions. I mean, mm-hmm. it starts off with Last Exit, which is such a killer song, too. But yes. then they play this accordion song where we're talking about bugs. Yeah. You know, and it's just like... Uh, Out there. What is this? I remember I had the vinyl you know? for that, Vitology. Right. And I remember like getting to it and being like, what is this? Right. So yeah, so they so so I, I like to hear the deep cut stuff, but when you when you do see them live, you really are taken mm-hmm. into the fact that they have a lot of songs that a lot of a people lot. know. I mm-hmm. mean, not and like not just like hey, this is going to be the single for this album, but yeah. like a lot of songs that people just know and love. But yeah, so Black is my number one. Um, uh, my second one is Nothing as It Seems. Yeah, uh, which is off of Binaural. Yes. Um, for me, I always go back to that one. Uh, it's it's a a smooth kind of catchy song uh it always reminds me of this guy jason uh waro um the first time i remember hearing nothing as it seems i was with him um and uh it, it was the f- you know back when you know you could hear just new music before stuff was released uh-huh. on the radio uh and uh i remember wanting to catch the whole song and every time i turn on the radio i'd catch the very end of it and the first time i heard the song through from the beginning to end Mm -hmm. was with this guy jason who um subsequently passed away like a week later oh man from a drug overdose um so it always stuck with me the first time i heard this song was with him Mm -hmm. um you know, and I was—I mean, I was 20, I think, when that came out. Mm-hmm. 19. Uh, he was—he was 18. He'd be 36 now. Um, binaural, right? What's that? What what album are we talking about? Uh, binaural. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think he came right out, around that area. I think he came out in 2000. So I was probably 19 when the when the single came out of Nothing As It Seems. Mm-hmm. It's usually you know within within the time frame uh, a year or six months before the album comes out. But um, there's just the way the song builds for me, you know. Uh, it was what kind of drew me mm-hmm. in, you know. Um, I mean, just the the hook is nothing as it seems is the you know song title, but the I don't know. I'm probably doing it injustice, but for me, it just it like I said, there are certain albums, certain songs that kind of remind me of different moments in my life, and almost like a you know, like a photograph, like a photo, exactly like yeah. a photograph. I have yeah. That too. So and that like for me, carbon that, print of where you were, and then it also evolves into other memories, like as it comes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that for me, that was always one of those songs, and you know, it still kind of remains one of my favorites. Um, 
so I guess uh, I, I'm not sure if like I have like one, two, three, or four. They're all kind of cool to me. Yeah. So I mean, like, but the next one on my list is Porch. Mm-hmm. The reason is Porch uh, that isn't on your list, but it is one of your favorite. Top, 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 top ten. Top ten. Okay. Top ten. <laughs> so for me, it really is because of the iconic performance of the song on Unplugged. Unplugged, yeah. When I've never seen somebody uh, write on themselves yeah. in Magic Marker. I know this sounds weird to some people, but like, huh? I never saw somebody write on themselves to get their point across in such a uh, protesty kind of way uh-huh. and attack a stool chair so, you know, like <laughs> yeah. vibrantly. Yeah. But, um, I mean, the song, it was like one of the first songs I had heard ever too that has a cuss word like right off the bat, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I was just blown away by it. The energy behind that song, though, to me is just—I mean, it's amazing. You know? Yeah, I mean, it was one of those songs too that it 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 kicks right in. It's got a a lot of energy in it, but th- another one that just continues to build, and it just mm-hmm. uh, has a huge break in the middle where it kind of gives the band free reign yeah. to just do have some fun too. And it was always fun to hear like a live performance of that song too, because you knew it was going to mm-hmm. be an opportunity for them to kind of. Rip it. Stretch it out and mm-hmm. like Eddie to throw something in the middle of like, you know, yeah. maybe they'll throw a cover in the middle of that. You know, he'll do something usually in the or middle of the Or back in the day when Eddie would climb things. Yeah. Something we haven't talked about. I mean, <laughs> he don't do it no more. Obviously, he's a man in his 50s. Right, but like, right. talk about a danger, like a dangerous front man, you know? Yeah. Um, there's this, uh, it's um, Pink Pop Festival, I believe, in 1994. He climbs onto a television crane and he <laughs> yeah. jumps into the audience and the whole audience just levels out. Yeah. They crash around him. Yeah. And he's like, get him up, get him up. You know, like yeah. and he's getting everybody up. I'm like, dude, you don't see that no more. No. The lead singer from like uh, Panic at the Disco ain't jumping out into the audience no more. <laughs> you can't even jump into the audience no more because there's dividers everywhere. Right. But like Eddie knew how to use the stage and yeah. he did have elements of Jim Morrison, but he took him to... A whole new level. level. Yeah, for sure. And I remember the first time I actually crowd surfed was to at a Pearl mm-hmm. Jam show to wow. Porch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, that that it's in my top ten. It's one of those songs that I love, but it was also uh, I wanted to experience that uh, uh-huh. at the show. Was uh, you know I want to I want to crowd surf. Yeah, and it was going to be on during Porch. And uh, my that, my so. first crowd surf was at a Mighty Mighty Boston second stage Lollapalooza <laughs> concert. Um, what's next on your list? Uh, it's a it's um. A big song, but probably not a lot of people know. It's called "I Got ID." Mm-hmm. Uh, it was off the Mirkin Ball mm-hmm. uh, single, um, which is uh, collaboration th- collaboration between... with Neil Young and Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this song kind of spawned from that. Um, again, it's just one of those songs that kind of comes in slow. You're not really sure what it's about, and then just kicks you right in the teeth. Yeah. Um, you know, I fight back with my mind, but it never lets me re- be right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just so many great lyrics in that song too. Um, that uh, for me, it's it's like one of those uh, uh, windows down, springs here. I'm gonna scream at the top of my lungs to sing this song out with, mm-hmm. with all that I have. Uh, it's just a great sing along song for me. I love that it one. It is. Yeah. Um, I remember that album coming out. <clears throat> I remember the the imagery, the art that was mm-hmm. in the stores, and be like, oh, this is gonna be cool. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. Um, and I'll just wait for the moment. Uh, or I'll just wait for the dream uh, where I'm not ugly and you're looking at me. It's just like, oh my god! Yeah. Like, how do you come up with that stuff? He's really good, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, I'd like to see him. Like, uh, did he ever write a book, Eddie? Not that I know of. He, Maybe have, there he is has a short collection of poetry books sure. out there, right? But um, sure. yeah, I mean, the writing is just—it's phenomenal. You know, yeah. what I mean, as far as like lyrics go, like it, they're very vivid. Mm-hmm. Um. So we did not for you. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll say it again. Love yeah. that song. I, yeah. it, it it's such an anthem in a way, and it's like not many people talk about it. You don't really hear it on the radio. You always hear like 
rear view mirror or you hear like yellow lead better you don't hear not for you you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. i mean i would love to hear that or like animal on the radio right now would crush it dude yeah. it would crush it yeah. you know um actually jackie bam bam 93.3 wmr i tweeted him one night he liked it uh he played animal nice and that's what got me back into the song because okay. i'd forgotten about it yeah. you know yeah. i was like dude it felt so good to mm-hmm. hear animal on the radio because it's sonically just through the roof yeah um Five just one. that, yeah, five against one, a five, five, a five against one. <laughs> but um, not for you, love it. Um, and I guess the, the last song on my list would be um, "Given to Fly," mm. just because that song to me um, has lots of meanings. But like, uh, lots of Pearl Jam songs are very uplifting. But when I first heard that song, I think it made me cry like right off the bat, like because it was just like, man, this is so like good. And, like at the time, I was really trying to be. Uh, a musician, I was trying to be a writer, and I was just like, that riff is just so catchy. Mm-hmm. It has such a like a, a feeling to it, and we talked about that on the, on the podcast a couple times here. Pearl Jam's music isn't really music to me. It's like feelings, it's emotions, it's pictures in my mind. When I go back to Given to Fly, I just, it's like, when you think that Pearl Jam can't get any better, you know what I mean? They exceed your expectations, mm-hmm. and they come out with a song like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure this song, for a lot of people in the world, has various different meanings emotionally. Could be, you know, uh, through love, loss, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, it's a kick-ass song, you know. To me, it's the way that it begins. That the the melody is just so beautiful. It just mm-hmm. it's like if you're trying to explain to somebody who doesn't really have. Uh, an idea of what you know concepts they want to have as like a higher power you yeah. know this is to me it's like you know what what i what i feel what do you feel like what that spirituality song. is yes given mm-hmm. a fly is that type of song, song. to me Very it's just a way to say yeah you know what listen to this song you can you mm-hmm. start to feel the way that this song uh connects with you there's it's, a spiritual connection it's very strong what was the cover of the single? I think had some sort of spirituality behind it, but I don't remember that single. I know that it was uh, uh, off of um, uh, Yield, I believe, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, which was just um, the street sign, the actual, uh, the actual yeah. Yield sign. Maybe in, I'm just thinking something, but like that song though, in general for me, it was hard to like think of one. Um, I just remember hearing it and just being blown away, like you know, and like it gave me hope that like you know. Uh, if you're an artist, you know it just if something if something isn't good in your life, it doesn't mean you can't stop creating. You want to keep mm-hmm. building towards it. And Pearl Jam did that, mm-hmm. and they were entering, I guess, their 30s. You know, like at yeah. that point, and uh, they defined their career. Then the next decade, they owned it. You know, yeah. um, last song on your list, uh, which one we've already talked about before it was Just Breathe mm-hmm. uh, was my was within my top five. Um, you know, again, <clears throat> Lucky Man, to Count on Both Hands, the ones that I love and. Mm-hmm. Some folks they have one, others they have none. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just such a uh, a beautiful um, gratitude song to me. Gratitude. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's what it makes me feel and connect with is just being grateful for what you have. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, like uh, you can look at social media and see how many people you have follow you on on Twitter, Instagram, yeah. and Facebook, and how many friends you have but like who do you really make connections with who do you people that you really interact with who do you have in your corner when when the fit hits the shan yeah who are you, who's really there to help you and hold you up and and most of the time it's just a handful of people yeah you know and it's uh it's just celebrating the fact that you know if you have those people you're lucky if you don't yeah. have anybody then you know I, I, 
my heart goes out to you that yeah. you don't have people in your corner that are going to support you no matter what. Like you have a no matter what you group have, of people that are Maybe there. you have music. Yeah. Some people just True. have that. True. You know? Yeah. And that song probably resonates for people, you know? Yeah. Um, just Breathe, wasn't that, they would close with that a lot, right? Um, I believe I saw that in a couple set lists. I also, I mean, we never talked about it, but I mean, their set list making is awesome. Oh, yeah. Eddie, yeah I mean, Eddie's process, you know, like how they say that it's, he says it's democratic, but he kind of like acknowledges in that documentary <laughs> that he's the one that does it. Yeah, in Pearl Jam 20, mm-hmm. he talks about how each 20, one, yeah. he, they create a different set list. In his uh, awesome looking house, by the way. Yeah. Dude, he's um, got the fire. It's pole, ridiculous. You know? Uh, that you know, he may he may have one one or two songs that they duplicate mm-hmm. uh, in a, in a given night, but usually it's it's like it's the it's what's a walk around the city, it's a feel for the city and the yes, feel for the crowd, the and then it, that's what creates the uh, the list. Yeah, you know? I mean the, the band that does that, I'll, I'll stick with for the duration of their career. It's pretty cool that Pearl Jam right now. I mean they're in, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They're well into their early fifties. They're the type of band who's going to be around like the Rolling Stones. They're going to be around like that. You know what I mean? Like I could see Eddie in his 60s, you know what I mean? Like doing his thing. Yeah, you got to give credit uh, and, and have some type of uh, admiration for a band that will play. Like they're they're not afraid of like, play. hey, we're going to play for two and a half, maybe yeah. you know three hours if need be. Yeah. Just based on like the fact that, hey, we, we as fans have – Given them the opportunity to have a dream job, you know what I mean. Yeah, so exactly. uh, even though they are artists, like they're getting paid to just create, yep. and, and be, they enjoy it. Cre- oh, absolutely. Yeah. Eddie likes it. Um, I also know. like too that Eddie will stop a show right in the middle to stop violence. Right. I've seen numerous <clears throat> things on YouTube recently where he's like, "Hey, hey, you, you, you." Yeah. You know, and he yeah. pulls them out. It's like, "You yeah. get out of here." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think that that's cool. You know yeah. what I mean? I think that he stands up for people and. Um, I mean, there's so many other bands that I that I like too. You know, I'm I'm a fan of music and different different mm-hmm. styles. But there's some other bands that I like that you go to the show and it's 60 minutes of them performing, which is an hour. You know, yeah. and you're like, mm-hmm. really? Like that's it? And that's all I get. Yeah. yeah. Thank you or, very much. Or it's yeah. like you know, uh, wham bam, thank you, man. I've, I've seen a band on two legs of their tour on the same tour, you know, six months apart, where they play the almost exact entire set. Incubus twice. I'll never see them again. Yeah. The exact same set. And I right. was just like, are you kidding me, dude? Right. I mean, just because of the lights that don't really have any part with the music, but, right. like, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, that's what, like, this, the whole idea of, like, talking about Pearl Jam on here is just because, to me, they're not a band. They're they're almost like a movement. They're uh, a favorite memory, a thought, you know what I mean? Like, they've exceeded being a band, and they're just their own element of art, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you can't really say that for too many bands today. Right. Some of the new bands coming up, maybe they have some wings where they can spread like that later. But I'm not really sure we can see that given the gravitas of like what social media has done. At least Pearl Jam got in before all that and they were able to influence us in a way that, you know, I mean, we're, we're well into our third. We're 37 years old and mm-hmm. we're still talking about Pearl Jam, right. you know. Well, I still want that purple and green flannel <laughs> shirt, you know what I mean? Every time I see him, I'm like, where is that thing? Where did he get that, you know? Well, they're not afraid either to continue to create music and and. Take the take the chance, take the opportunity. They're yeah. Like, hey, maybe people don't like this. You know, like like Billy Joel is a great example. Billy Joel is pretty gangster, but mm-hmm. he hasn't put out any new music he don't, he don't in need to. years. He doesn't need to. He yeah. doesn't need to. But it's like people would like it. You're just gonna go back to the catalog. You're gonna go back to the well and play, you know, yeah. Piano Man again and again. And you make know, the money. Like, let's create touring. some new shit, yeah. dude. Like, come on. Like, I know he's probably still has it in him. You yeah, know he what does mean? like. But I so said yeah. that Pearl Jam still will take the risk and like you know, we're going to create new stuff. Like yeah, I said, care. if we sell 134,000 copies, don't make a difference. Right. We have the, these, you know. Right. And a lot of bands, they won't do that. A band will get scared at the, mm-hmm. you know. I think I read something once that Phil Collins just said, "There's nothing," or 
he said there's nothing left to write or something. Like, yeah. that's bullshit. He's another one. Yeah, he's another bullshit. One. He's Come on, man. you got to be inspired by something. Right. If it's somebody jaywalking or something you see on the news or, like, you know, right. a new dog that you see, like, I, you know what I mean? There's inspiration everywhere. And I know Eddie gets that. And you can just see it. Like, you haven't seen, you're going to wait for HBO to see his yeah. speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speech was amazing. No spoilers on, on this one. Uh, Letterman's speech was, was really I heard. poignant. Yeah. Like, it was really cool. Uh, it was nice to see Dave again. I really dig his beard. <laughs> um, I think that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame episode comes out uh, on HBO. April twenty ninth. April twenty ninth. Oh, already? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Usually, I think last year it didn't come out to like June or something. Yeah. Like that, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, I have watched certain things online, but uh, there's nothing quite like seeing the HD performance of it. Uh, Pearl Jam are only doing a handful of dates this summer. Uh, most of them are, uh, I think, all of them are actually in Europe. Mm. But um, I do believe that they will come back. Um, Pearl Jam, you know, thank you for the music. Kevin, thanks for coming on the show. Talking about all this mythology here. I mean, we, we could probably do like a three-part episode series of just 90s grunge movement in general. But uh, We can just we can do a whole cast on seven if you want. I, don't I, I think that, that could be next. We, can we do, may have to watch it and then just... We can press play with people and then comment with it. Um, we can do top five. God, on, that movie's uh, so good. Though. We can do top five movies. I, I heard the other day, um, I have satellite radio and... Uh, mm-hmm. In between two shows that I listened to, there's this uh, show called The Jason Ellis Show, and mm-hmm. they actually had, I, I think it was an old show, they did a breakdown mm-hmm. line by line of um, Die Hard. Oh, wow. And they actually broke down the entire movie and talked oh, wow. about it as, as all the dialogue went on for the entire movie. It was pretty fun. Nakatomi Plaza. Uh-huh. You could dissect anything <laughs> in that, that era, man. That's a great movie. Yeah. So that, second one's all right. I, I second one was like, okay. I do like Die Hard with a Vengeance, because I like Zeus. Yeah, you know hey Zeus. Did you text me about that the other day? No. Somebody said something about or uh, somebody on Facebook actually wrote, "We need to send John McClane over to like Syria," and I was like, "Not without Zeus." And, like, <laughs> nobody got it. Nobody, got it, you know. But right. I thought that was. A, I remember seeing that in the movies and just being like, "Damn." Yeah. Look, next podcast we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> once again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, definitely market calendars June 9th, two thousand seventeen, on the rooftop of Whole Foods. Top of the world, Bobcast presents. Uh, we got a great lineup. We got Montage, Tiny Vices, Judah Kim and the Assassination, Walt Lafty doing his first solo performance uh, ever, I believe. Uh, extreme gratitude towards him for agreeing to do the show. And the lead singer of Pawn Shop Roses, Paul Keene, who was just with us a few uh, episodes ago. Um, Kevin, thanks for being on the show. Word. Uh, my name's Bob, and this has been another episode of Bobcast. Bobcast.